Hi, I'm glad you could join me. This is number eight in our series that has to do with Bible 101 with Bill. And they all kind of build on each other. So if you are looking to start at the very beginning, find number one and go through and you can get catch up. But it's okay to drop in on this one. It's just fine. The beauty about this is last time we were talking about a text in scripture that was 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15. If you need to find out how to find a Bible text, go back to number one, and it'll show you how to do that. So 1 Corinthians 15, this was written by Paul to the church, the believers in Corinth. And he wrote this because there were questions, and he wrote this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. And he said to them, For what I received I passed on to you, as of first importance, as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve, and after that to the five hundred. <clears throat> that passage, that particular importance said, this is the most important thing is to understand that. Of all the things that are in the Bible, this is the most important because it has to deal with your salvation. Now, there was once a uh, dinner party at a university in which the faculty was getting ready for the new school year. And so as they were getting together, the faculty came and there was an astronomer who uh, was a professor of astronomy. And there was a dean of the School of Divinity, dean of the school. And these two men didn't particularly have respect for each other's uh, vocation. But in any fashion, they were at the dinner party and they ran into each other. And after a few ca casual remarks, uh, the uh, professor of uh, astronomy said, well, I suppose you could boil all of the things down in the Bible to the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Isn't that basically what all of the Bible is about? And uh, the dean of the uh, School of Divinity said, well, I suppose you could do that, yeah. Or it could be like astronomy. We could boil everything down to twinkle, twinkle, little star. Well, that illustration, that little humorous thing, tells me that there are a lot of people who, who just want to boil religion down to, to where it's almost meaningless. And they miss out on what is of first importance. So today, I wanted to look at a few passages of Scripture today that I think will help. So, if you have your Bible with you, if you have your Bible with you, I'm going to hold up a, a screen for you so you can see that together. The first one is Romans 3, verse 10. Romans 3, verse 10. This is in the New Testament. If you need to to take some time and stop the video, you certainly could, uh, to find Romans 3, verse 10. And I'm going to share that with you, so if you're just listening and following along. Romans 3, this is also written by Paul, and he was written to, writing to the believers in Rome, where he eventually was uh, beheaded for his faith. But here in verse 10, here we're reading in verse 10, Romans 3, verse 10. And the Bible says there, verse 10, There is no one righteous, not even one. 
about all of us. Well, how could that possibly be? Well, we, the Bible goes on to say, and what he talks to us about, and now I'm going on to the next one here, which is just down in verse 23. So we're still in Romans, verse 3, verse chapter, chapter 3, verse 23. Can you find that down there? It's just down a little bit in the passage there. And it says to them in verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. That's you and me. All except Christ have sinned. Well, that's important to understand because sin is what corrupts us. Sin is what ruins relationships. Sin is what ruins relationships between us and God. Sin separates. And that's why way back in the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned, they had to move out of the Garden of Eden. They couldn't come face to face with God anymore because the sin had separated them. Oh, I know, you're going to say, well, you know, I'm not sure if I know about Adam. Well, just hang in. Just hang in a little bit. We'll get back to that eventually. But this is what is important, why Christ came and died. When he came and died on the cross, he did something for our sins. John 3.16, if you have that with you, look over. It's probably the most famous passage in the Bible, John 3.16, which if you're in the New Testament, you can just look back just a few pages and you will find it, John 3.16. So, that is probably the best-known passage in all of uh, the Bible. And it is full of something extremely important. And that is when it says to us in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Putting our belief... The, belief, the word belief is pistos in Greek, which means either faith, belief, or trust. Whoever trusts in God will have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. But to save the world. He came to save us from our sins. Well, all over the world, there are lots of religions and lots of religions in their time, but all of them tend to be built on the concept of works. That if you work hard enough, God will accept you. If you can purify yourself, if you can, that somehow God will grade by the curve, and then, gracious, he'll let you into his heaven. It's a good question to ask. Why should God let you into his heaven? Well, some say, well, I, I'm going to try to do the best. I, I pray, I I read my Bible, or I go to church, or I'm kind to others, or I'm not stealing, or whatever it may be. But none of that works. None of that works. The only reason a person go to heaven is by the grace of Christ, by Christ paying for his sins, as I mentioned last week. So, here is Ephesians, Ephesians 2, verse 8. Ephesians 2, 8, and we're going to look at verse 9 as well. Ephesians, well, that's a little farther in in the New Testament uh, as you go past Romans. And there are a bunch of little books there, little parts there. And here in Roman, in Ephesians chapter, uh, in chapter 2, this, this important passage which says, For it is by grace 
you have been saved through faith. Let's stop there. It is by grace, it is by Christ doing for you what you cannot do yourself. That you have been saved through faith, by trusting in him, by trusting that he will save you. And this is not of yourselves. It's not something that you have earned, but it is a gift of God. God gives you eternal life as a gift. Now, that's a hard concept sometimes to understand. How can God give you eternal life as a gift when you didn't deserve it? You don't deserve it. Only Christ deserves it. But because he went to the cross and paid for our sins on the cross, he provides us a way. Therefore, you no longer need to live in fear. In fact, we find in the Bible that John went on to write, the same one who wrote the Gospel of John wrote the three little epistles, three little letters of John. And in 1 John, he, he writes to us and he shares with us that it is uh, 1 John 5.13, excuse me, 1 John 5.13, in which he said, I write these things that you may know that you have eternal life. Those who put our trust in God, 1 John 5, 13. 1 John 5, 13. And how do we do that? Well, you just go back a few pages, just a little back in there. And here is what John has to say as he shares with us the importance of what is going on in his life, in our lives. What in the world to offer to us? And he asks us this in verse John 1, verse 1, verse 8. It said, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will give us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Christ will purify us from all unrighteousness. How do you do that? It's very, very simple. To be purified of your sins, to be cleansed. For the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin is transgression of God's law, God's great law of love. And if we're honest, there are times when we are not very loving. So how do we do that? How do we confess? It's very simple. We just in prayer say to the Lord, and you could do this right now. Say, Lord, Lord, I am a sinner. I'm leaning on you to forgive my sins, and I ask you to cleanse me and to forgive me. Help me to be your child and to follow you. That's all. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and then he offers to us eternal life right now. Won't you do that? Please do. There are other things that you could watch. We are also have our worship service here from the Naples SDA Church.org. You can find us online, also on YouTube, uh, and on Facebook. So please uh, join us. We'd love to have you uh, participate. And every morning I put on YouTube and on Facebook a little morning thought uh, called uh, Daily Messages. You're certainly welcome to join with that. 
But please stay tuned. We'll continue this on with number nine next. Thank you for joining me. I hope you had a good experience. If you have questions, please let me know. You can send me a message through the, uh, through the website, and I'd be happy to talk with you. God bless and have a great day.